Hello and welcome to the Four Comic Junkies podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, JJ Hodges, and today I'm very excited. We're capping off the uh, the end of Batman's 80th anniversary, and uh, it's been a, been a pretty great year, I think, for him. Uh, you know, with all that stuff going on, he's had... I mean, he's had 80 years for all the success, you know? But today we're going to talk about one of his more recent and famous stories, Batman Hush. We're going to be talking comics and legacy, specifically how this story relates to the legacy of Batman and also contributes to the legacy of Batman. My guest today is my good friend, Andrew Roseman. Say hi, Andrew. Hey, everybody. Happy to be that little extra fix in your life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm really here for. That's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> it was just, I don't. I have, I've never actually read it, but I'll I'll show up. Sure. Yeah, no. <laughs> you, do you have a like the role says fix, yeah. and I can do that. That but I don't know what this Batman thing is. Yeah, it's it's you know he's Dark Avenger of the Night and all that. Oh, oh, like the, the like the nighttime, like he's he's avenging your bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> that I just have an image of like. <laughs> Somebody wearing like Ebenezer Scrooge wearing like a sleeper cap, and then like, Batman walks in. Is your bedtime okay? <laughs> and like, I think what's interesting, and this is completely off topic, is like for an adult, that perspective, Avenger of the Night, is like a great thing because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, thank God, someone's here to avenge my sleep. I can actually get some Z's in. And yeah. as a kid, you're like, no, Batman's here to avenge my night. You know, staying on this topic for just one more second. Perfect. I had uh, when my friend's kids were really little. You know, and they were like fighting against bedtime, you know, bedtime like eight o'clock or whatever. Right. And they were like, um, and, you know, they said something like, oh, well, the, the, she thinks that all the best stuff happens after they go to bed. And I was like, well, it does, doesn't it? And I got the meanest look from the mom. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I- I'm kidding. It doesn't. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, oh, but anyway, gosh. let's let's get into topic here. Yeah. So. All right. So, uh, talking about Batman Hush, um, when when did you first read the story? When did you first get into it? So, it was probably not that far after it came out, maybe a year or two. It was mm-hmm. probably my third graphic novel overall. I started with Watchmen. Oh, yeah. Um, I was sort of like a grocery store comic book kid growing up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I never got into like anything seriously. And then I, I, I read Watchmen mm-hmm. and then watched the movie. I proceeded to watch the movie every day after Bandcamp yeah. and like burned myself out. But then <laughs> um, I got really into like my first Batman saga. And like I knew that I wanted to get in. My, ber- my first saga was like the whole Nightfall oh, yeah, yeah. trilogy, mm-hmm. which is incredible. Yep. Yep. Um, and then. After that, shortly after that, was probably Hush. I would probably say uh, I was 2015-ish. Does that make sense to you? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 2015-ish, 2014, 2015? Yeah. Probably. I think I had just graduated uh, high school. So. Well, it's, it's, actually, it's older than that, though, because it came out back in like 2000. 2002 and 2003. Oh, gosh. So. I, my, yeah, mine was just so brand spanking new looking. I was like, this is a new comic. But, like, <laughs> it always showed up on, like, you know, when you – I think comics are sort of a daunting thing to get into. So, like, yeah, I like yeah. to get the, you know, the graphic novels to get, like, a good story. Well, it's always it's always at the – if you go to, like, Barnes & Noble or whatever, it's always at, like, the 
that that you know comics you must read yes stuff, right? and like that's like the nightfall mm-hmm. like arc is one that's always at the top of the list and yep. like uh long halloween is always yep. at year one obviously is right. always and then like hush and people always rave about hush and so it's like you know this seems cool hush is a villain that i didn't you know i've, I've never seen in any movie or yeah. heard about before so i was kind of yeah he was so that that was his introduction i mean obviously uh you know so he I remember uh, what it was, was my sister, uh, like, bringing me, like, a Wizard magazine, like, years and years ago and being like, hey, there's this really famous artist who's going to be on Batman, and they're doing a big thing, you know, and, and I wasn't really collecting comics at the time, but I got, but I started to. I went to the store, I went to Books Galore, which is our local mm-hmm. uh, comic book store here in Erie, and I bought it, and and I was just like, oh, this is cool, and then I, you know, that's, I credit Hush with getting me into monthly comic books. Interesting. Because that was the first one I was like, "Why? I want to know what happens next month. I want to know what happens next month. And then it just kind of snowballed from there where I have like stacks of them in my house. <laughs> I love that. No, I love that. It's 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 always interesting like to watch someone get into comics Yeah. because it's, it's you know, you read yep. one thing and then all of a sudden you're – you're on fire. Yeah. And, and you're the lucky one where you're smart enough to wait for the graphic novels where I'm just like, I could wait six months, but I want to know now. So. I, I don't know why I wait. Like, I think most of it, I had a comic book shop as a kid um, that I would go to. So I was like always surrounded by comics, uh-huh. but I would be there to like play Yu-Gi-Oh! or like Magic the Gathering once oh, yeah, I grew yeah. up and then board, board games later on. Sure. So like I was always surrounded and I'd go and browse. Um but the comic books always seemed daunting because I never, ever went at the release of any one story arc. Yeah, so, yeah. like, the New 52 was probably my my first chance to really, like, stick with a story. And I just – Gotcha. I feel like I don't, I don't want to hunt down the issue, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's a little bit of laziness. Well, it's – you know, but it's also – there's some practicality to that. Too. Fair, fair, so, fair. So you know, I, I see it both ways. Right? I love, I love getting, I love doing it every month. Um, but it's also like my friends and I kind of joke that nowadays it's like it's almost impossible to keep up because, you know, I mean, comic books have been around. You know, like I said, Batman's been around eighty years, mm-hmm. whatever. So that's nothing new. But now there's there's this boom in entertainment where you have Disney Plus, you have Netflix, you have Hulu, you have DC Universe, you have Apple TV now, I guess, is a thing. And <laughs> Wasn't it like previously a device and then all of a sudden they're like, let's make it a subscription too and then actually put content? Yeah, yeah, because they just started releasing stuff, at least yeah. as of this recording. They, I think a few weeks ago, that Jennifer Aniston show started. But it's also like, I, I can't keep up with everything. Right. I can barely keep up with like the shows I want to watch and not all of them are comic book shows, you know? <laughs> right, right. But, uh, but you know, I mean, it's, but so there's like an embarrassment of riches there, but I also kind of always laugh like with kids nowadays. I'm like, you know, when I was a kid, we had to wait every three years for a Batman movie and we had no idea if it was going to be good or not. Yeah. So yeah. You, know, you kids count yourselves lucky that every two months there's a new, there's an Ant-Man or a Captain Marvel or Avengers or something, you know? God. <laughs> but uh, so do you, do you have a particular uh, favorite scene or moment from the comic? That really like sticks out to you. What what I really like about the comic, um, and his name is eluding me, is the inclusion of like so much. I think about Batman's mythos is that like he's alone. Mm-hmm. We see like the the only moment of his childhood that we really get to see is like his parents' yeah. death, 
or like prior to that or just his interaction with his parents. Right. So it's kind of nice. And this is one of the things that I kind of liked about Gotham too yep. is that you get to see a little bit more of his childhood and see yeah. interactions and in that you get to know a little bit about Bruce Wayne because I think at this point in Hush, he's neither Bruce Wayne nor Batman. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I think the movie – I'm spurring, but uh, one <laughs> well, yeah, the, the animated movie yes uh, did really well. Was the, the characters always refer refer to themselves sort of in third person, and, and whereas yeah. Bruce Wayne as an entity and Batman as an entity, but mm-hmm. like he never re- right like Batman never refers to himself in first person, and right. I I always thought that that was kind of an interesting. But right. back to my original point, I loved um, seeing the camaraderie camaraderie with his friend, yeah, uh, Tommy Elliot, Tommy Elliot, yeah, and sort of that development yeah they um and that was something that the the comic did really well like you know jim lee did those like watercolor yes backstory you know, yes the flashbacks that just so it immediately separates what's going on in the main action um and it looks and it looks beautiful too the and, art in hush is like yeah phenomenal i think it's one of my favorite um favorite renderings i see I, and you know like i said like my sister was just like oh you know jim lee's a, a big big name artist i didn't really know him and then i kind of got into his work because of hush i found out that you know i i, I think it's since been talked but his x-men number one back in like 1991 92 was like the top selling comic for marvel ever or something like that. and sold like a million copies or something like that and and then those redesigns of all the costumes were was what we used in the animated series, mm-hmm. which I, again I didn't know, but I was reading about it and I was like, oh, well that does make sense, you know. <laughs> um, but it's but it's you know he deserves that because he he puts so much work and detail into every every panel. So I remember the comic coming out late, like oh it's delayed, it's delayed, but it was always worth the wait, right? Because you're you know you're getting quality work with with Jim Lee. I just think the range of like Hush is an incredibly emotional story. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I and Jim Lee just destroyed that with like yeah. just reflecting the uh, yeah I can't say enough about like well, the, the details on their face and right and it's uh you know it's, it, it, you have to there's something where it's like the writer is just the writer. But, like, if you think of it, like, in movie terms, at least. But the artist has to be, like, the set designer and the actor. And, yes. And the, you know, and the director and cinematographer. All, you know, if you use all these movie terms. So it's, like, you know, it's and it's hard to convey that, you know, in every single shot. But I think, you know, he does a really great job of that. Absolutely. Um, and he hasn't really missed a beat. And, you know, like I said, this comic's, you know, back in 2002, 2003. And... Nowadays, he's still producing stuff, and it still looks amazing. I think his style was sort of ahead of its time. Like back yeah. then, if you think about like classic comic book style, his is so much more modern yeah. looking. Yeah. Um, There's a little bit of that. Uh, you know, we we had a podcast about Batman the Animated Series and how they they really uh, they simplified the looks of everybody, mm-hmm. and I think that Jim Lee does that too. Like the looks are very simple. Sure, but there's. But there's they you can still throw in detail and emotion and everything. And I think that's that's key is because sometimes that right then you get style over substance where yeah. if you're focusing so much on the costume or mm-hmm. um you know, the style of the villain or the or the the character, then you sort of you're not spending as much time in the emotional area and the face right. area. And I think he does a good job of yeah. I mean, they still look cool. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, did you uh, have you read Jeff Loeb's other big Batman stuff like Long Halloween or Dark Victory? I have not. Long Halloween has been like um, 
just this this uh, dragon that I've been chasing for <laughs> a, a long time, and yeah. one of these days I am going to read it. Um, it yeah, I that because that precedes this obviously that and and then its sequel, Dark Victory. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did those. Jeff Loeb did those with Tim Sale, um, <clears throat> and they're similar in the sense that. It's it's basically kind of a straightforward. Both of them are straightforward mysteries, mm-hmm. but it includes like a who is who of like Batman villains and allies. You know, like Long Halloween is 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 Two Face's origin, pretty much. Yes. Um, so I did yeah. I did know that. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that was used in the Dark Knight movie. Um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. I, I think you definitely would like it. Um, and I guess, and I read an interview with Jeff Loeb years ago where he said that when he was writing Hush, you know, it's like so it fits in that kind of same style. It's a who is who of Batman villains mm-hmm. and allies, but it's also like he's like just selfishly it was stuff I wanted to see Jim draw, and I was like that's I I'll give you that <laughs> I love that I yeah. love that I love that a lot <laughs> and it, I mean it you know it, you know you get that that cool stuff in there where you have you have the Superman fight and you know which is massive and you know you have you have like the Nightwing issue and you have the Joker issue you know you have all these all these beats where it's like mm-hmm. you get to like Jim Lee's first job at DC and he gets to draw the biggest stuff that they have. Right, the best the best of the best from the Rogues Gallery. Right, right. And you know, and, and but you know, and also including like Superman and Robin and Huntress, Catwoman, you know, all the all the big Batman stuff in there. Um so um one of the things I noticed about this story, um I think that the best Batman stories are tragedies. You know, they most most of the best ones are the ones that kind of end you know, like he saves the day, mm-hmm. but you know it comes at a cost. And I like the Dark Knight was very much that way. And I think I think that sort of plays into, I mean, just yeah, I mean he's a tragic character, he's yeah. a tragic hero, and I think that's kind of what I love most about him. But that also sort of plays into his you know legacy, which right. to me is like sacrifice for the greater good. Right. You know, that's what he's always been about. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. I agree. I think that because this one does have that, there's so much like happiness with him and Catwoman. Yes, and then they they break up in the end, and it's so. Uh, yes, it's it's shattering actually. It, I I remember reading that like, you know, and then just being like, and even now I still kind of I hear the echo of it, and you know I'm just like, that's it. They're they're done. Like, but they can't be done. And I think maybe it's just watching Batman Returns when I was a kid. I always thought of Batman and Catwoman as like, if he were to ever marry anyone, that's who he should he should marry. And yes, be not with. not Talia. <laughs> cool. <laughs> no, no, you know she. I mean, her dad's a little overbearing. So. <laughs> just a smidge, and and I'm not. You know, I don't know if you're a Damian Wayne fan, but I don't. Is anyone a Damian Wayne fan? I, he's gotten better. Okay. Over the years, so. Like he's actually in the comics now. He's best friends with uh, Superman's son, John. Interesting. So that's they have kind of a cute relationship there, where they really are like mini Superman and Superman and Batman. That's cute. It it is. That's cute. Um, But uh, and I guess the writer that he's like he's got like a 10, 12 year old son, something like that. So I think a lot of inspiration comes from that. Um, But yeah, the but having kind of that that tragedy in the story is i think important especially you know when you see that tommy elliott you know has been murdered or so we think throughout the story right um and you know and then him just go into a rage and almost kill the joker and i always kind of laugh at that when they're like you know you don't want to do this you'll regret this i just kind of always want to shrug like you know like like the have you seen the recent dave Chappelle special on netflix 
No, not the uh, most recent oh, one. It's, he's he's got a. I won't spoil the joke here because it's also it's, no, it's a little off color for <laughs> for a family friendly podcast. <laughs> but um, he kind of just shrugs and is like, "Is that though? Is that the worst thing that could happen?" And I think about that. I'm just like, and we talked about this in another podcast. Like, well, you know, for the stories to be interesting, of course, Batman would never kill the Joker. Right. You know, the order and chaos they balance each other out. Um, but but I'm always always just like, okay, sure. But Jim Gordon's a cop. Joker comes at him, shoots him. It's fine. <laughs> you know what Jim I mean? Jim Gordon can live with that. Yeah, and I, I don't know why he doesn't do it, but <laughs> yeah. you know what? That's a great question. Like <laughs> that's 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 like my favorite response these days. It's like, what? Why doesn't he just do that? That's a great question. That's a yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I think that's applicable in all walks of life. <laughs> um, my the the Joker is one of my biggest disappointments in the actual film translation of the movie. There's a lot of disappointment in the animated film. <laughs> uh, there's so much. <laughs> there's um, but you know the. But I did like in in the comic because what the animated movie lost was in, in the comic having uh, Harvey Dent be a big part of it, and you know, and he's it's sort of weird at first where he's like, "Hey, you know, I'm going to clear the Joker. The Joker's innocent." I'm like, "Well, sure, of this crime, <laughs> <He's innocent. laughs> he didn't actually kill Tommy Elliot." But you know, but I do like the idea that Two Face or Harvey Dent comes back and he tries to be a lawyer. Yeah, he tries to be a a good guy again, yeah. uh, which didn't last very long, but <laughs> um, as, you know, our as true, that happens. Of course, you know, I, I often get acid on my face and then <laughs> am perfectly fine yeah. and not scarred at all. Yeah. No, it's, but it's, uh, but I thought that that, that aspect of the story, it's minimal, but I think it was important because it, it helps Batman kind of win in the end because Hush even says like, you're not supposed to be here. And, and he's like, oh, I'm changing the rules. And Catwoman has, kind of a one of those cheesy pun lines where she's just like, oh, they were double crossed by Two Face. And I was uh, just like, ah, there it is. <laughs> you gotta you gotta have those those little, you know, holy whatever Batman, you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's what makes that's also what makes Batman so incredible as a you know out as an external legacy and an internal legacy is that there's so much balance between the light and the dark like there's a lot of humor Mm -hmm. that goes into batman or campiness that goes into batman but like i mean it gets real too yeah um the uh the nightwing scene is that's a big one for me you know and and he's and dick grayson's just one of my all-time favorite characters absolutely and having him and i like and, and i like having the inner monologue with batman the whole time he's just you know he's like oh you know dick dick always speaks to me in a certain way where he's not afraid to talk to me mm-hmm. and he's like he certainly earned that right which i i was just like i i love that line you know that there's this respect for him and right him saying well he outgrew the role of robin and now he's now he's nightwing and i i liked that a lot and there was a story years ago uh where dick became batman when bruce was like lost in time or whatever okay um it's called uh it, it ended it was r.i.p and then batman reborn was dick grayson as batman and it was and he, he had a very different approach to being batman because obviously he's not bruce wayne right um but i i always and i kind of miss those stories because i thought like dick is such a great character that i feel like he can you know he's like you, you, i don't know there's the other ones like like tim drake is he going to become the next nightwing probably not you know, is he going to be the next Batman? Maybe. But I feel like Dick sort of has his place in the superhero community. Right. Like he can be he can be Robin and then he can be Nightwing and then he can be Batman and and then whatever he wants to do, because he's like Batman said, he's earned that. 
Right. And I think he's earned that with the fans, too. I agree. I mean, he's not a Jason Todd who the fans would vote to kill at any right. point <laughs> just to get him out. Right. Um, I personally, I don't think Tim Drake would make a great Batman. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's come a long way. Yeah. Um, from where he started, where he's sort of kind of meek. Right. And I think it's just not in his personality. He doesn't have the same. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, um, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see it. Yeah. And I, I think, I don't know, Dick was a very different kind of Batman. It was interesting when he was, when he was Batman, that's when Damien became Robin. So the roles were reversed a little bit. So Damien was kind of a darker, harder Robin. Yes. Batman was more lighthearted. Which was an interesting twist. I would love to see that. I'm gonna have to go. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna have to go read these I'll, because. Uh, yeah, I'll point you in the direction of that because that that was really great stuff, and that was like that was before the new Fifty Two. So when the new Fifty Two started, they made him Nightwing again, and yeah. I was just like, "Well, I guess." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's not a bad Nightwing. But no, either, no, he's but... a fantastic Nightwing. But uh, the uh, so the interesting thing about this story, like I said in the beginning, is that it it you know at this point Batman's you know sixty something years old. And I think that it does a great job of uh, kind of honoring the legacy of Batman. Every issue includes a new character in some way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. Um, but it also adds to the legacy because of Hush being such a great character and having that staying power. You know, he ended up in a couple of the Arkham games, you know, and like uh, I think he, in, you know, well, the character Tommy Elliot at least was in Gotham. Like a couple episodes of Gotham. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like they, those are the ones, you know, and I, I had a discussion like this with a friend of mine, a character like Bane, mm-hmm. you know, a character like Harley Quinn. They are the type of characters that they feel like they've always been there. Yes. And I think that Hush, this story in particular, showing that backstory and we really get a feel for like, oh, Bruce really cared about this guy. You know, yeah. they were really good friends and it doesn't betray anything we know already. With Bruce, with Bruce Wayne or his parents or his past or whatever. Because um, you do get that just that, that little nugget. Like, oh, his parents were murdered yeah. and he was raised by he was raised by Alfred and he traveled the world and now he's Batman. Mm-hmm. Whereas like this was like, well, no, no. Like he uh, there was there was stuff that happened before that that was also important in his life. Yes. And and first of all, I love that the uh, the series starts with uh, Alfred narrating just a little bit to give you. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I. Who doesn't love Alfred? Oh, of course, you know? yeah. <laughs> and that sort of sets the tone for, I mean, to be honest, I think this is one of the more sentimental stories, too. Not only do you have, like, the romance between Catwoman, but you also have, like, and Selena Kyle, technically, right? Yeah, right, right. Um, you also do get that Tommy Ellett backstory, which is, uh, like I said, probably my favorite part. Yeah. Um, and that the movie butchered, of course. I <laughs> uh, will keep throwing that movie under the bus. Well, let's, let, you know, let's, let's get into it a little bit. So, you know, we... We've seen the the animated film, and I think that, you know, I I watched it, you know, I watched it with Jesse, mm-hmm. and Jesse said, okay, but why did they change Hush's identity? And I said, I, the only reason I can think of was to trick the audience, was mm-hmm. to say, oh, there's a new, no, no it's somebody else. Now, you know, now we're going to throw everybody off their game, which props, you know, good effort. <laughs> sure, because I mean if you've read the right, I mean part of the thing was the mystery of Hush, right? And right. so like they succeeded in that, but right. like the Riddler, they kind of ruined the Riddler. It it just it didn't it didn't work the way I think they thought it did. It worked really great in the comic because I remember being genuinely surprised 
that the Riddler was behind everything. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's a good twist. Yeah. And he knows Bruce is Batman. That's even better. But I also love that Bruce kind of put him in his place. He was like, he's like, you're not going to tell anybody. I'm not worried because, you know, if you tell people, then other people will know. And you can't live with yourself if that's the case. And Riddler just kind of sits there and he just takes it in. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, Jim Lee just draws it perfectly where he's about to say something and then he steps back and then he's going to say something. He steps back and he's just like, and then Batman's just like, I win. <laughs> you know, um, what, one thing I will say for the movie that I did think that the movie did better okay. um, was the breakup between Batman and Catwoman. Because I thought that that seemed logical to me. Mm -hmm. Like the way she's like, you know, no, like he was going to kill me. And Batman's like, if they can be saved, I want to save them. Yeah. That's who I am. And she's like, you know, well, I can't deal with that. Yeah. So that I really did like. I agree. Mm -hmm. the, and and I think the best parts of the movie were the relationship between Batman and Catwoman mm -hmm. and then um, Nightwing, right? Yep. I think those three characters were pretty well voiced. I think yep. they were pretty well written for the most part. Yeah. And they had the best uh, scenes. And maybe to me that's why they shuffled yeah. around what they did. I mean – Tommy Elliot was very light in the movie. There was like three scenes, maybe tops. Well, the, you didn't really get an attachment to him. I didn't care that he died in the that, movie. That's exactly right, too, because when he died, it was you know because they didn't do the back the backstory. Yeah. So it's like, are, you know, it's like we're, I can't just be sad because Batman's telling me I should be sad. You yes. Know? And like, also, I think coming into two of the movie, right? Like with Hush, Hush did such a great job of like sort of framing Tommy Elliot to be hush. Yeah. And then the movie, you didn't get that vibe really. And right. then you're just like, okay, who is hush? Right. Like even when he's like, oh, this brain cancer thing. And you're like, ah. Yeah. It, it just, it, it wasn't as good of a reveal because right. you didn't have an eye, like you weren't misled in any way. Right. And, you know, it, if you're going to change the identity, fine. But you should still honor the comic in some way. Like just having... Hushby the Riddler in the end was like, okay, that would be interesting if you had done the story differently, I guess, you know, if that makes any sense. It's just, you know, what they should have done. This is sort of the problem with some of the, some of these DC animated movies is that they adapt the comic like word for word. Okay. And, and in this case, that's what they kind of tried to do. They changed some stuff up a little bit, but it's like, but this story, it really works as 12 issues of a comic book. Yes. Because you have the Superman issue. You have the Harley Quinn issue. You have the Nightwing issue. You have the Riddler issue. You know, well, those are the same one. But, <laughs> but you know, you have the Rachel Ghoul issue. So it's like if you're trying to split them up or if you're trying to tell one long, like, what's it, like a 75-minute movie. Or, yep. It, I was like, okay, I feel like this movie's dragging. And it shouldn't be dragging. It's 75 minutes. Yes. I feel like I should, you know, if you're going to change the ending on me, at least – make it a worthwhile change. I agree. And like mm -hmm. like you said, like they front to me they front loaded like story elements way early. They're like let's yeah. really focus on this poison ivy story arc. Yeah. And like it all of that was just to include the Batman v Superman fight, which right. obviously is awesome. Yeah. Although I will say it, I think it's way cooler in the in the comics. Yeah. Like it, it's just the way he, Jim Lee draws. Yeah. Yeah. That it, like it makes it so epic. Well, it's like they, because they are, it's part of their continuity. So that's why like Lex Luthor is in it and mm -hmm. the way he's in it. Um, and there's stuff that they did in this movie that they couldn't have done because I don't think, because like, like Batgirl in the comic is or Oracle. Yes. So it's like they, that had to be changed. 
um, which I didn't mind to a degree. But it's also like, look, if you're going to – it would have been better if you would just kind of – instead of just taking the best stuff, well, let's just do the Superman fight. Let's have, you know, the – you know, the, the, Riddler, the Riddler stuff in it, you know, um, if you're going to change things up, at least like make it a coherent story as opposed to just going, we're, we're going to do the greatest hits of the comic. Yes. So yeah. it, you know, and I, and I, and I don't like feeling that way <laughs> because I love these animated movies so right. much. You know, they, the way I, I had described it before was like, you know, playing the Arkham games and it's Kevin Conroy as Batman, Mark Hamill's Joker. And, uh, and even the Killing Joke anime movie is, uh, Conroy and Hamill. It's like, okay, I feel like this was a reward for me as a fan that I've, I'm now growing up and you're giving me an adult version of them. Right. So I like that. But this movie just, I don't know, you, you lose something when it's not that Jim Lee style a little bit. Like, so when Batman and Superman are fighting, they're, they're, you know, they're not as like these big honking men, you know? Yes. <laughs> No, that, you're right. Weight was sort of lacking yeah. on the, on the, and I felt like it was over pretty quick too. Yeah, it, like it definitely. If they're gonna do a greatest hits, they didn't milk it for what it was worth. Right, and it's like it. They could have just rearranged it and had like the poison ivy stuff at the end of the movie. Sure, and and you know it's like because there's no if you're doing an adaptation. I mean, if you've ever read their Jurassic Park book versus. Going to see the movie. Completely different. Very different. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, like, he's not at all described like Sam Neill in the book. I um, agree. Um, and same with, I guess I didn't actually know this, but until recently, I guess a Psycho is the same way. Norman Bates is described as kind of an ugly dude in the book. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, but you can't have an ugly actor. Yeah. Like, it, it, even, even like John C. Riley is handsome to me. Really? I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. John, he'll never listen to this. So. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm a big fan of his work, though. So he's in, yeah. he's incredible. Yeah. Both as, it's not his podcast episode, but he is an incredible actor. Yeah. And uh, I, you know what? He he belongs in the uh, Batman universe now. I'm let's, willing it. Let's let's put him in there. He'll be. He can be. He could be Harvey Bullock. So I think he would. That's exactly what I was thinking. I think he would yeah. make a great Bullock. I, you know, Matt Reeves. Have you ever listened to this cast? John C. Riley yes. <laughs> as, as Harvey yes. Bullock. Oh my uh, god, I'm worried about that movie. Really? Not not for the reasons that um, like I don't trust the casting choice. Okay. I, I am worried. Um, It'll be a bunch of apes in the future. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> and Smeagol will appear. And, uh, <laughs> No, the reason I'm worried uh, is because it's sort of doing, in my opinion, a little bit what you get stuck with in Hush, the animated movie, what you get stuck with sort of in Spider-Man 3, what you get stuck with in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, even though both of those movies are hot garbage, Yeah, is that you, you're you doing too much at once yep. and there's too many villains, you can't. The story gets convoluted. You miss the personality because yeah. you just can't fit it in a screen time without it being a three-hour Avengers movie. Right. Um, and even which even then was really one villain. Right. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say that didn't even include that many villains or anything. Exactly. Yet. And 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 then the the other characters you've spent years getting to know. So yeah. like. I worry because they're they're doing the penguin, they're doing like Riddler or whatever or something, mm. and then you know there's all of these other. It's seemingly and maybe it's all like smoke and mirrors, and there will be one big guy. But then those those lesser no like those lesser characters, yeah, it sucks because they matter to someone. Like Scarecrow to me, mm -hmm. 
Um, I love Chris Nolan's trilogy, oh, and yeah. I, I do think that he did the best with what he could. But like, I thought Scarecrow could have been just a smidge more. They, he was definitely uh, underutilized. Yes. So, and, and the actor's phenomenal, and I'm yeah. glad that they kept him in every movie because yeah, yeah. obviously he realized that it was a good, it was a good callback when, especially. Well, I was always happy that. Dark Knight opened with him catching the scarecrow. Yes. I was like, okay, that's that's how this that's, movie needs to open. Yes, because continuity. And right. like it's like it's a perfect nod to yes. Yeah. Um well I will say that I, I actually when I was rewatching the animated film, I I kinda laughed. I was like I was like, it's weird that like the gas is affecting Nightwing the way it is, because I feel like after you've like fought like Darkseid or something, like is is Scarecrow really gonna scare you? Sure. Uh, but you know, I guess like for this story, we'll let it slide. Um, I had to laugh about that though. But uh, I forgot that he was in the comic until I reread the comic. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, that he was in the comic. Yes. So I watched the movie and then I sort of like thumbed through the comic. And so like when mm. I watched the movie first, I was like, was Scarecrow in the comic? And then yeah. I thumbed through and I was like, yes. Yeah. It's great. And I I love the the little weirdness in it where he's you know he's he's singing the Hush song. Yeah. And it just. It's very creepy, just like, you know, and he's... That's tonally, he's such a great villain because he just oozes darkness. I mean, he's honestly, like, one of my favorite Batman villains. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, It's like Scarecrow, uh, Two-Face, and obviously the Joker, I feel like, has to be, you know, top three of everyone's. Well, the the issue with the Joker, I, I loved just... You know, I the whole thing where Batman's just in a rage. He's mm-hmm. like, he's done all this damage. I can't deal with this anymore. I'm just going to kill him, which I think is is great to have that scene. And I was, and I've always thought this re- rereading that particular chapter is that it feels like it's this epic thing. They're fighting throughout. You just feel like it's like they're just fighting throughout all of Gotham City. Uh-huh. But it's really just this like one alleyway. When they pull up, it's like, oh, Catwoman's right there and Harley's right there and it's just it was just a very confined space, but the way it's drawn, the way it's you know, uh the way it's written even, yes. it's just it, it feels huge. Because it I feel like it's the culmination, right? Like mm-hmm. I first of all, the Joker found the one thing that works. Right. Right, if he wanted to break Batman. Um but it's the culmination of all those years of fighting the Joker and the Joker killing the people that like Batman sort of cared about. Yeah. And like all of these innocents and then he just popped the wrong dude air quotes around that because he didn't right um and and so i think that adds just to the bigness too as part of the legacy of just their relationship right it, it, they and their their story is really one of my you know i think there's very few batman joker stuff that i don't like mm-hmm. you know i you know i mean the dark knight being the best example of it um but just seeing that these characters that you know batman even says despite my best efforts i don't really know anything about them and he says that in uh, Killing Joke, he's like, how can we hate each other so much when we really don't even know each other? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's this weird balance thing that they have between themselves. Like, Joker's the crazy, you know, all, all about the chaos. Batman's all about justice. Um, but they, but it's a really, it's like, it's the best one, I think, in comics. They just, you know, like the best villains are the ones that their motivation, like you kind of, you get them. You're like, you know what? I, I can't fault them for the way that they think. Yes. But the Joker, you know, he's the best because he doesn't think. <laughs> yes. But like, I mean, in the killing joke, you know, it's it came to what? He's, he's like, it's just, just one a, bad day. One bad day, yeah. And like, and so you can relate because like, 
So even through that chaos, he's still super relatable because, I mean, to some extent, we probably all have those thoughts, but we have the ability to suppress them. Right. Um, but yes, no, I, I 100% agree. Yeah. And um, and going back to, you know, what we were talking about before with, you know, this, this story definitely honoring the legacy of Batman and mm-hmm. seeing all these great characters get... Um, get reintroduced in, into his life and everything. And this this is a great story because despite it being number 600-something mm-hmm. of, you know, 60-some years of Batman at this point, it still feels like you could jump in and understand it, you know? And, like, like the Herald character. Like, I, I don't think I've ever read a comic with him in it. But they offered enough backstory where I was like, okay, I get it. I understand his character. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's sort of what's incredible to me about comics in general is that mm-hmm. you can sort of live in these worlds spanning, you know, 60 plus years. Mm-hmm. And like, A, it's still fresh for the most part. And yeah. B, like it is pretty much accessible, um, you know, it in that issue or you might just have to jump back and read a different issue. But like right. to get caught up on the story mm-hmm. – you know, it's not that bad of a thing. Right. And I I remember I remember thinking when I first read it years ago that I was like, Huntress's costume is different. I wonder if that's just Jim Lee. He just wanted to give her a new costume or something. And then, like, later you find out that she got the new costume because Tommy Elliott gave her some money. And I was like, I was like, oh, I, I was funny because I remember thinking, like, why? Well, why did she change her costume? It's like, oh, because somebody came up to her, like, because Tommy Elliott came up to her, was like, I'm a concerned citizen. You should have more access to equipment and stuff, and change your outfit and or whatever. Um, what a what a thing to do. He yeah. didn't have to do that. Yeah. I think I totally missed that. Yeah, it it was a way to kind of play on uh, to try and get her to betray Batman, although she didn't. Um, but she was exposed to Scarecrow, and then she and Catwoman have their fight. Um, and, and Catwoman, you know, let, you know, actually, let's, let's jump on that for a second. Sure. Because Catwoman, I think, if I didn't like her before, I loved her in this comic. I just thought, you know, it's she just, you know, w- when she shows up in the beginning, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, OK. So we're just classic Catwoman. She's stealing mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, she's manipulated by Poison Ivy. Oh, OK. That's cool. It's cool. Um, but her and Batman's relationship, I think it just strengthened both of them. I agree. Um, I think it was nice. I think we got a lot more of Selena Kyle, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. it wasn't such a one-dimensional portrayal of of Catwoman, yes, and that's yes. what really helped. But I mean, it sort of adds to this possibility that maybe one day Bruce can settle down. Like, if not now, mm-hmm. like maybe maybe he will change his mind. You know, that that kind of is what the recent comics have been about. That they're kind of a they. Like he proposed to her, Aww. they were gonna get married, and then she got talked out of it by one of her friends, mm-hmm. and so she she kind of left him at the altar essentially. Um, and then you find out later that her friend was manipulated by Bane, and Bane's been manipulating everybody, um, as as Bane does, of course, you know. And that was actually something that they changed in the movie. They they instead of Killer Croc, it's Bane, yeah, which was a no. useless change. You know, here's what's upsetting me. And then like, I guess part of it is like maybe me coming from like my first, my first real big Batman exposure was like Nightfall. Okay. Bane is not an idiot. Yeah. Bane has never been an idiot. Yeah. They made him an idiot. Yeah. And it upset me. Yeah. Um, Because it's just, he's so much more than like a, they like try to play him as a drug addict. And to me, that doesn't really work. 
there's, I mean, there is that element to his character, but it doesn't define his character. Ex- exactly. Yeah. So he has that crutch, um, but it's also like he doesn't need the crutch, and he kind of knows that. He's. It's um, just one more tool in his arsenal, right? right? He sees it as a resource. He's gonna use it because he's resourceful, right? And I, and Bane's always, you know, that's that's a great character because he, um, you know, like, like I said before, he feels like he's always been there, like, and he's only you know. 20 something 30 something years old yeah. you know uh, whereas the joker's like 80 years old you know so it's like all these characters that have come into the fold the ones that stay a character like hush because there's something about them that's a little bit like batman you know where uh tommy elliot is very you know he's kind of just driven by revenge you know and he's like you know i'm i'm gonna kill you because in his mind Bruce Wayne ruined his life. Right. So it's like, just like Bruce, you know, crime ruined my life, so I'm going to come after crime. And so those are the best characters because they have some sort of parallel to Batman. You know, and Bane is that way where he's like a self-made man. Right. You know, and just like Bruce Wayne is, or at least in terms of his body and mind. Um, but, you know, because he's, you know, the money, that <laughs> that came with the package. But, <laughs> but, but Bane being like, you know, I'm the toughest there is, and I'm going to challenge you. That's kind of how Batman was. Like, you know, yes. crime thinks it runs the city. Nope, I run the city. Yes. So, oh, I hit the table. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've done that before. I like it's, yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I just edit it out. I always say that, but then I never do. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm just lazy. I'm like, does it sound okay? Sounds yeah, fine. it's fine. <laughs> does the person sound like they're in the other room? Yeah, too bad. <laughs> People can just turn their speakers up. Oh, I, I am in the other, other room. I'm in that... Uh, <laughs> that what, can, that yeah, control room. What is that? That's a scary looking... That's like a nuclear power plant over there. <laughs> no, that's the, that's the like the director's room for the, the studio. Oh. So, yeah, they control... The, in there, they control all the lights and all the cameras and stuff but they don't control the action no that's the actors we control the action yeah. <laughs> um i mean so uh no i agree there there is i th- and i think that's i mean obviously because i yes because batman is such a contagious character yep. anytime that you parallel his um attributes i think you're gonna have a hit yeah i think hush coming from such a deep origin yeah helped cement him Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because he was be- he's technically been a part of Bruce's, you know, legacy yeah. this entire time, and then all of a sudden, boom! What a fresh way to bring someone in. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, it, it doesn't. It feels it feels natural. So it, it didn't feel forced. Like, oh well, Bruce had this friend. Like, uh, come on. It, but it does feel real. Yes, and I, a lot of that goes back to um, Jim Lee's watercolor mm-hmm. and like obviously the writing, but like, yeah. Um, and I think the costume is iconic too, and that obviously plays such a big like. It takes yeah. a little bit from like I get like a little bit of Deadshot vibes, you yeah. know what I'm saying? A little bit of like uh, the Invisible Man too. You know? Yes. But, oh, I hit the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm getting too excited. Yeah, I got the hands. <laughs> I mean, and like, yeah, no. So I 100 percent like I think Hush, Hush is. I mean, and he's so smart. Yeah. That's the other thing is he was able to use all of Batman's enemies against. And pretty easily, just yeah. flush them with cash, boom. Yeah, and, and you know we're gonna, you know, so here's a lot of money, and we're messing with Batman, so they're just like, sure, heck yeah. <laughs> and if they didn't, he had like Ivy and like Scarecrow who could basically manipulate them into doing whatever they wanted. Yeah. So and it's and what a, you know, what a really 
kind of a, a scary villain that can take all of the, and Batman says that he's like, either it's someone old coming at me in a new way or someone new. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, because these characters are kind of, they're going for broke here. Ivy taking control of Superman. I mean, it's, it's an iconic image, just her, you know, with her arm around Superman. It's just like, okay, like, this is going to be good. And then the fight that Batman Superman had, you know, you said, you know, it looked it looked better in the comic. And I definitely agree with that because it just, they kind of call attention to the fact that Batman can't really beat him. Yes. You know, he can, he can kind of, he can piss him off, <laughs> but that's yes. about it. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think, and obviously it's not the first time that they tangoed, mm-hmm. but what really like shook me to the core the first time I read this was that that scene where it's it's Ivy, you know, and yep. you like because so often Superman is so much stronger than anybody. Yeah. Right? Villain or not, he just mm-hmm. punches them or she like it's very hard to, I feel like, manipulate Superman to get yeah. you to do what he wants. Right. Let alone let like a Poison Ivy is not that great of a villain. Like she's not that powerful, but for her yeah. to be have the you know, have the uh, tool set now, thanks to a little extra funding, to do that? Right. That's awesome because yeah. now the game has changed. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, the whole story just, uh, it it capitalized on all the great thing, on a lot of these great Batman characters. And it sort of makes me sad that Bane wasn't in the original comic because that would have been cool to sure. have some element of that. Um, but, you know, have but having like Harley Quinn and, you know, and just very, you know, and, and the Killer Croc stuff, you know, just like really classic Batman stuff. But like you just feel there's there's so much more to it than just watching the animated series. And, and they had a lot of deep stuff in that show. Right. But it's just like now it's like we get to see it through this this new person's lens who through Jim Lee's kind of pencils, the way he's drawing it. And it's just like Killer Croc looks terrifying yes and harley quinn just looks so like she looks kind of cute you know just like well and, doesn't she always <laughs> you know, but um but she but you know that's that's such a fun issue and then i don't know the you know it was stuff that like the movie just should have it should have just stuck to the basics you know it's like look tell the batman catwoman stuff tell the nightwing yeah. stuff tell and tell the hush story and throw the riddler in there obviously because I think him being the real mastermind behind everything was an important twist. Yeah. But, you know, everything else is just, it only works because it's in a comic book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because you can have the one issue that's a Superman fight, but when it's one scene in a movie... It's sure, not the same gravitas, it, you know? It, it, do, it doesn't have that because we don't have the, the inner monologue with Batman where he's talking about... Like, this is, you know, if I hit him again, I'm going to break my hand. I have to try this. I have to do this. I yes. have to do that. It's like in the movie, they just boom, 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 you know? Because if you were to read that like a storyboard, it would go by that fast. But because you're having to read it as a comic book and you're reading the dialogue, you're like, oh, this there's a lot happening here. Yes. So it just... I yeah. agree. And I think that's, yeah, that's definitely one of the things um, that I was thinking as I was driving over here is that I... But how do you fix that? Like, I, I mean, the only way to do it was just it, it maybe just not have Superman in it, which I guess would be almost sacrilege in a way. <laughs> it would be, but like, would it ch- would it change anything really? I mean, I, I feel like Hush was. They were like, if we do this, we know it will sell. Yeah. Based on like people want to see it, right. um, 
because of the fight, and obviously they'll be disappointed, but we won't tell them that. Yeah. But, like, if they had omitted that and, like, left time to develop more story elements, Mm -hmm. like, I think... I don't think I would have missed it. I would have been like, oh, okay, that's yeah. fine. There, there was one that they did, uh, All-Star Superman, where that was f- kind of the same thing. There was the whole story. So it's 12 issues, and Superman finds out he's dying, and Lex Luthor's responsible. And at the in the last issue, Lex gets superpowers, and he's going to fight Superman. And there's a lot of great stuff in it. But again, it's 12 issues of a comic book that, you know, so there's an issue that takes place like, in the past when Pa Kent died mm-hmm. and there's an issue where Jimmy Olsen gets, uh, you know, he, I don't know, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like he gets a wish granted by a genie or something like that. And so it's like they they couldn't include those, th- those things in that animated movie, but they included other stuff that's like, it feels like we're just, we're backing away from the plot to do this bit that you liked from the comic. Yes. And it's like, okay, just just adapt the the main story and throw in some pepper in there if you want. But, you know, when like right at the beginning of the movie, I was upset because it's like you know, it's like Lady Shiva, what are you doing here? She's like someone desecrated the Lazarus pit. He's like, "I'll look into it." And I was just like we we okay, you guys you guys are smarter than that. We literally had to stop the movie mm-hmm. so that Batman and Shiva could have this discussion. And she doesn't even return. She doesn't. No, I didn't even think about it. Now yeah. I'm mad. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, why did they do that? She she doesn't come back. First of all, when I saw her, I was like, who is that? Exactly. And yeah. then they're like, Lady Shiva, and I was like, I still don't know who that is, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's just so it's like I I get what they were trying to do. They were saying trying to set up. Oh, well, the Riddler used the Lancer's Pit, you know, which happened in the comic and everything. Yes. But it's like, okay, you could have. But Riddler could have just said, said that. Said that, yes. And <laughs> or like you see his face and you're like, Riddler, what happened? And he's like, I was in the Lazarus pit. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, I and, get it. Then. Like, we're, we're all fans enough that we understand that. Um, but like Shiva, you know, for someone like you, who you read the comics, but you don't know them that well. I don't even know her that well. <laughs> I don't. Is she so. really that important of a character? Uh, she's just like an assassin, basically. Great. So. You know, you're a dime a dozen, Lady Shiva. Get yeah. out of my movies. <laughs> I don't want to see you. <laughs> There's probably like a Lady Shiva fan out there. It's like typing up an email. <laughs> Listen, I like her. She's a great character. <laughs> hey, that's fine for you. But for the rest of us who understand what good content is. <laughs> we didn't need to stop the movie just for that. That's um, like... I feel like they just got a new guy and they're like, hey, use these scenes. The twist was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Although I feel like, is it? No. <laughs> then they just kind of follow through on something that like, yeah. it's it, like, they're like, well, what if it was that? And they're like, oh, let's do that. You know, the well, the idea that like, okay, well, we need to do something different because it's the movie. It's like, well, if you're just adapting it anyway, just adapt it. Like, Yes. It's like, it, we're we're already fans. We're already here. I'm already excited to watch one of my favorite comics come to life. Absolutely. So if that's just what I'm watching, I, I'm i not going to sit there and go, well, they should have done something totally different. It's like, I'm going to say that if they're doing something different and it doesn't work. Yes, because like you, you ruined the story. You could have, but they could have made it better if they had had, I don't know, almost as if like kind of like the Jason Todd fake out in the comic. Well, I was like, oh, it's Riddler. Like, oh, no, that isn't. It's somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. So, so there was a fake out. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. um, And the Jason Todd thing was, you know, I remember being kind of disappointed the first time I read it 
And but then now rereading it, I was like, actually, this is kind of a, a really good scene because I remember reading it and going, man, like, I can't believe they're doing this. And then they eventually did bring Jason Todd back in the comics as Red Hood and everything. That that whole story is fantastic. Um, yes. And I love it. And the one. movie is yeah. really good. That was an actually like phenomenal animated. And it was written by the same guy who wrote the comic and then wrote the animated movie. Well, there you go. That's what they should have done. Should have done. Why did that. they do that? Exactly. Also, I, I want to complain about the voice actors. Okay. <laughs> they're so bad, man. They're not <laughs> like, like, once again, the core group, Catwoman was fine. She was yeah. fine. Yeah. She had some good quips. Nightwing, no complaints. I feel like he's, he's done he, Nightwing before. He has. And he's really good. I like him a lot. Batman was fine. Yeah. Not the best, not the worst. Yeah. The Joker was the worst freaking thing I have <laughs> ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. They should have got the guy who played the Riddler to play the Joker because I didn't like him as the Riddler either. Yeah. He's so whiny. Yeah, it just it, it makes me sad because their casting of late hasn't been the best. Ugh. It's it's been passable, but I just, you know, you know, and maybe we just have Kevin Conroy in our heads and nothing will ever top him. But I will say uh Bruce Greenwood who plays him in Young Justice and he plays him in the Under the Red Hood movie, uh a very close second to Kevin Conroy. He sure. Nailed it. And I don't think you need Mark Hamill, um, Troy, who voiced him in Arkham City. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think was an incredible Joker too. Yeah, and like hearing him do. I mean, one of my favorite videos to watch was watch or was him doing a reading of um, the Killing Joke monologue. Oh yeah, I, I've seen that one. Yeah, and yeah. it is so addictive because mm-hmm. you see his facial. Con- like I feel like he is a close second for me. For- yeah. He's he's good. Um, I mean, he's probably not cheap because he does a lot of video games. Yep, yeah. But he's probably cheaper than Mark Hamill. <laughs> so. You know, if Mark, Mark Hamill's like <laughs> 10 times scale, he's probably at least three times scale. So yeah, yeah, You can yeah, afford yeah. him for two hours. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, but man, this, is, this has been a lot of fun, you know, just sitting here gabbing about, you know, Batman Hush. Uh, we'll definitely have to have you back. I'm, I'm cool with that. If you ever do like a Green Lantern episode... We'll do, talk I'm about the movie. Uh, I, you know what? Guilty pleasure. <laughs> I, I, I'm the same way though because I'm like it's the the movie. It it does feel like like a lot of the recent uh, films, like like Suicide Squad, felt to me, and Justice League felt to me. It's it's a it was just studio meddling. Yeah, it's the only way to put it. Is yep. that they were just like, well, the movie has to do this, and it has to do this, and it has to do this. But it's like, yeah, but. The movie also would have been awesome if you guys had just let it do it. Yeah, like 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 you did with Dark Knight, like you did with the new Joker movie. You just kind of let the directors do their thing, and mm. they did a great job with it. Yeah. Um, but you know that's they're uh, just trying to yeah rush Marvels, and and they've and they've kind of realized that that doesn't work, and <laughs> no, they don't. And I hope I the one thing that I will say because I feel like we're wrapping up, yeah. if that's true. The one thing I want to say is what I hope for the future of DC movies mm-hmm. is that they do the opposite of what Marvel has done and mm-hmm. instead of introduce characters and stories through the perspective of the heroes and get us like doing it through an origin yeah. story for a villain. Yeah. like That's what I loved about the Joker mm-hmm. is that I, I mean like so often in these superhero movies the, the least developed character is the villain and yeah. now – now you're adding weight, you're adding gravitas to like this larger than life character, and like yeah. 
we all know Batman's origin story. We all right. know, you know, Superman's all that. It's it's the villain, man. I think DC could compete against them in that regard. I totally agree, and that that movie very. I I, I figured I was gonna like it. Yes, I didn't realize I was gonna love it. Yes, and I if. Almost all of Batman movies, or Batman, excuse me, Batman villains, you could give a movie like that too. You know, it's why Gotham was successful because the villains are the star. Yeah, they, you know, they're arguably more interesting than Batman is half the time, um, and there's a reason for that because, again, Jeff Loeb can come in and tell these stories, mm-hmm. you know, that include the Joker and Two Face and Killer Croc, Poison Ivy, and they're included in all of them, but they never feel. I'm never like, oh, here's another Poison Ivy story. You know, it's like, no, if you utilize them well, like... Because they're characters, too. Yeah. So... And, yeah. Cool. That's, that's the best way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We'll, we'll definitely get you back here. Did you have fun today? I did. Thank yeah. you. Uh, it's, it's, it's always a pleasure, JJ. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get you back, man. Um, we'll do our... We'll do a Green Lantern watch along and... <laughs> Heck, yeah. And then, you know, you know, ha, yeah, Darkest Night... It's a good story, man. Blackest Night. Blackest Night. Night. Oh, my God. Oh, that's I messed a, that up. That one we'll get in there. Yeah. I do love that one, too. All right, man. So thanks for coming. And to all the comic junkies out there, just go read a comic or something. I don't know. I don't have a sign-off yet. I'll figure it out, though. <laughs>